0: Oh Marcar
1: I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Of the goodness of God I love your voice you have led me through the fire in darkest night you are close like no other. I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. Because hey! all my life you have been faithful.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So great to see you all this morning. You are looking great and beautiful as well, and I pray that all is well with you and your family. And speaking of family, um, I greet you this morning on behalf of your event planning committee to remind you of next weekend. It is our annual family and friends celebration. Amen. Can somebody get join me? Be happy about that. Amen. So I'm not here to tell you, announce the date. I'm here just to remind you, because I know by now everyone has invited someone, someone to attend service. Well, the whole weekend, actually, the whole weekend. Somebody has, I know you all have went to coworkers, you went to your family, your next door neighbor, whoever it may be, you've already invited them. So I just want to give you some details about the weekend. Of course, Friday night, we're going to start here um, in the sanctuary at 6 p.m. with prayer service. Um, The prayer ministry is working on getting a a really nice prayer service together for you. Of course, the family needs to pray. Friends, this community, we all need to come together and pray. So I ask that you join us here at 6 p.m. in the sanctuary for prayer. And immediately following in the Family Life Center, we're going to have what we call family game night. Just a various activities throughout the center, um, starting from here in the executive lobby all the way to the gym. So invite your guests to be a part of that uh, event with you as well. We'll have everything from board games to karaoke. Um, We'll also have some food for you. Um, We have two gaming trucks for the teenagers. You'll have an opportunity to go and, and play those different games. But we've thought about everything for everyone. So all we need is for you to join us. So Saturday morning, then we're going to wake up, and it's all about physical activity. If you started the new year right, and you had your goal to become physically fit, and maybe you've fallen off the wagon, this is your time to get back, to get it started again. So we're going to be all about physical activity on Saturday morning. Um, The race, the 5K race and walk, because remember, if you can't run, you can walk. There's a one-mile fun run. So if you want to uh, walk or run. But before that, we'll get started. We're gonna do some line dancing to warm us up. You know, it's all about physical activity. So come out and enjoy as early as 7.30 that morning because everyone who participates, we do have a waiver for you to sign. You can do that Saturday morning or you can see one of the event planning committee members outside in the foyer after church. Doesn't cost you anything. All you need to do is show up with your family and friends Saturday morning. So then we'll come back Sunday in worship at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Pasadera has invited a guest speaker to bless us. Um, we are also gonna be blessed with some of the cast members from the Legacy um, Musical that we heard, I think it was maybe in February. Um, the Ash students participated, they pulled that together. Really nice program, so some of them will be here. So we have a really nice worship service planned for you at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And of course, the family with the most in attendance, You'll get the trophy, but we want to bless you with a little bit more so you can go out and have dinner on us. So the family with the most in attendance will get a $150 gift card to go to a local restaurant to enjoy dinner. Amen? Amen. So again, I'm reminding you, because I know you've already extended that invitation for someone, everybody knows someone, who can join them next Saturday, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday doesn't cost you anything. Come be blessed. Worship with Zion Hill Church family. I look forward to seeing you all. Amen. Thank you.
3: Praise God. It's time for us to honor God with our giving. And please remember... That God is calling all of us to obedience. Uh, it's up to you what you're going to do with God. I cannot dictate that to you or for you, but I hope and pray somewhere along the way in your Christian journey, you have to try God for yourself. You simply say, test me and see fire will now open the windows of heaven. There are people who are recorded in your Bible that they obey God and they are blessed. Isaac sold even the middle of farming and he still went home with a hundredfold return. Some of you are in the market. You know exactly What Wall Street is paying right now, and you know what your bank is paying. Uh, Yeah, it's not enough. Actually, it's 1.5. So compare 1.5% return to a God who said, I'll give you 100%. So it's not even a close call. So, It is up to you. Some of you will share with me and say, Pastor, I've been giving, but I didn't see nothing. Uh, Welcome to the club. That's where your faith comes in. Even though you don't see nothing, but that does not mean nothing is going on. So, uh, you just have to prove God for yourself. Uh, but if you don't believe in faith, just look at the bamboo tree. When you plant it, it's growing, but it goes first in the ground. And for three years, you don't see nothing. But all of a sudden, it shoots up and it's unstoppable when it starts to grow. In fact, it grows every two hours. <laughs> Once it comes up from the from the ground. So you have to be willing to trust God. If trust is not enough, and if trust is not in, involved, in fact, I will advise you: don't get involved. It takes trust. You've got to trust God. It takes faith in God. But this house is full of people who will tell you, I try God, and He's alright. So pray that God will touch your heart. Giving is receiving. If there's somebody you ought to trust, it's God. He said if you give, it shall be given to you. I rest my case. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your word is sure. You're not a man. You don't lie. You're not human don't make stories when you make a promise you make it happen and Lord we trust you we're going to trust you especially in this area of our finances it's not our job it's not the government it is you oh Lord except you God build the house everybody's laboring in vain so we ask you to bless our giving We thank you for great return, hundredfold. In fact, we're not going to put limit on you. Show yourself strong in our lives. And by faith, we'll receive this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The ushers will come. The choir will minister. Let's give for the glory of God. the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are grateful to our choir for the rendition of that song. Uh, please take note that one of our own, uh, Brother Robert Riley's mother had gone on to be with the Lord. So if you will be kind to support him in prayer and just lift up the whole family that God will comfort and strengthen them. Uh, Many of you know Brother Riley. He's the gentleman that always uh, protects your pastor. Whenever I'm Ministering to you or whenever I go somewhere. He was also the gentleman that drove 18 hours to go get some Christmas light for us when I found out there is no more such light in America. And I'm forever grateful to him. I'm glad that he's a part of this ministry. Somebody say, May the work I've done speak for me. And it's even better when the fruit of your labor is being manifested in your own children. So I'm grateful. I don't know the mom very much, but I'm grateful for her son and the way God is using him in this ministry. So please pray for him and support him in your prayers. When we find out about the home going, we'll let you know also so we can be a blessing. Are we all blessed by these young people dancing this morning? What a blessing. We are grateful, grateful to all the instructors and all the chaperons and and even the parents. Thank you for making your children available. And we are grateful, grateful, grateful. It's good to serve God while you are still young. It's a blessing. And thank God for all of you with praise report. Uh, We we thank God for all the progress being made. And we will continue to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And I heard the children say, All my life, God has been faithful. And another thing they said in their singing is that God's goodness is running after me. So that's where you want to camp out. Where David said goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life. That's where you want to be children say it's actually running, the goodness of God. So, (laughs) wow, praise God. It is so, in Jesus' name. Uh, Thanks to those of you that joined me yesterday to do house dedication and all that. We are grateful. Every time God is blessing somebody in this house, it's very refreshing because you can really feel the goodness of the Lord. It's a, it's a blessing. Let's all get up and say hello to one another. Thank you, Event Planning Committee, for our Family and Friends Day. We're excited. We're going to enjoy ourselves in the Lord. Please find somebody. i Charles Jones and those of you that were singing yesterday, we are so proud of your accomplishment in the community. And thank you for representing God and representing Zion Hill very well. Also, we have Brother Anderson here. I, I believe his wife is here. Also, they're visiting with us. Will you please stand? I'm I'm looking for you. Way back there. Amen. You all look beautiful. And we are so glad to see you. I married them more than two decades ago. And they're still looking young and well taken care of. We bless God for you and we thank you for your visit. You need to show us your secret. You took good care of this brother, man. I can see it's looking younger and younger. To God be the glory. We love you. Welcome to Zion Hill again. God bless you, sir. Amen. Any other guests in that means I want to celebrate all of our guests. The Andersons are not really guests. They're just coming back home. And Reverend Reese, already started pastoring, and we're glad to see you here. And Reverend Tinney, amen, we love you. I like those ties, man. Yes, indeed. Any other guests? We are grateful, grateful, grateful. All right. I want to share something briefly with you all that I believe is very important in the world of God. And I'm not going to take too much of your time, but if there's one sermon you need to be sure of, this is it. If you don't have this, you're not going to make it to heaven. So uh, it's, it's one of those critical things that we need to encourage one another. If you have your Bible, will you please stand with me? to the book of Mark chapter 8 verse 36 I want to thank those of you that came to pray early this morning prayer changes things amen Amen. please don't sit back and let the devil take advantage of you Uh, 7 a.m. Every Sunday morning, come out and pray. At 6 p.m., every Friday, come out and pray. And if if you have nothing to pray about, come pray for the rest of us. I know I could use some prayer. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) The book is St. Mark. Chapter 8, verse 36. If you find it, please say amen. Amen. The Bible said, what shall it profit a man or a woman? If he or she gains the whole world, but you lose your soul. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another beautiful day. Thank you that we are still in the land of the living. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, we thank you this morning for the word of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us. Use your servant to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Glorify yourself in this place. We'll be careful to give you all the glory. All the honor. And all the praise. In Jesus' name. And the church say... Amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion this morning is titled Are You Prepared for Recovery? Are you prepared for what? Recovery. Early this year, by permission of the Holy Spirit, we decree and we declare that this year right. shall be a year of recovery. Yeah. Say amen to that. Yeah. And now you see where this subject matter comes from. We just don't want to make a declaration. During the course of the year, part of my assignment is to encourage you and remind you and inspire you and teach you about how to make it happen in your own life. We wanted more than just mere declaration. And by permission of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you three things today that will help you to recover this year. How many things? Ladies and gentlemen, those three things are, you're going to need the word of God. I will explain to you how you need the word of God this year. Number two You have to make sure that you're saved. There are many people who are in the church and very active in the church. Even sometimes in the pulpit. You can even be singing in the choir or serving in the deacons or usher board or whatever area you're serving and you're not on your way to heaven. So I want to save you the headache today. Today my assignment is to help you to know whether you're going to heaven or whether you're not. You will never have to guess about it. Many people who are in the church, they just hope that they make it to heaven. They're not really sure. But in times like this, you've got to be sure. And be very sure. Then the third thing is that I'm going to warn you about the danger of distraction. It can cost you your recovery this year. So three things. The importance of the word of God in your life. The need for you to know for sure that you're going to heaven. If our religion is so poor, religion will tell you, well, we hope you make it. That's the dumbest thing. Don't spend your life hoping when it comes to something this important. You need to know that you know you've been born again. All minds clear? Well, let's begin with the first one, which is basically the Word of God. I know you know about the Bible, and I know many of you know the importance of the Word of God. But the truth be told, most Christians don't read the Bible. That's just the blunt truth. But let me illustrate to you why you must get acquainted with your Bible on a regular basis. Life is a journey. What did I say? Life is a journey. whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not. Once you are born, you you have to go on that journey. In fact, the Bible is so sure about it. The Bible said, uh, "The day of death is better." Than the day you're born. Because God knows something that in this journey you're going to take, you're going to run into landmines. There are explosives along the way. Believe it or not, there are quicksand and pitfalls. Many of these explosive and landmines, you can see it easily. Yet you have to go on the journey. Now you see what the Bible said: on the day that a child is born, we ought to be crying. But we got it backward. But the Bible saying, "All you're getting, get understanding." Because of what an average child have to go through. Because of what you and I are going through right now. Some of you can talk about the pitfalls of life. From personal experience. Some of you can talk about the explosive and landmine that you're running into innocently. Ladies and gentlemen, but the good news is God has given us a map for the journey. You miss a good place to say amen. I said the good news is God has given each of us a map. And on that map, ladies and gentlemen, God has marked every area of your life, where there are explosives, where there are line mines, where there are pitfalls. That map in your hand, ladies and gentlemen, is called the Word of God. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but if you don't read the map, you will continue to gamble with your life. And the reason why we keep running into landmines and kept running into pitfalls, the reason why we kept running into explosives in life is because we don't read the map. I can close my book and go home. The map, ladies and gentlemen, is the Word of God. The question this morning for you and me, from the pulpit to the pews, how are you going to treat that map in your hand? Some of you, what you do with it, you wait for the preacher to tell you. But what if your preacher don't know? Then, ladies and gentlemen, you're doomed you cannot afford no disrespect to all the preachers listening to me i know you watch i know you listening but all of us need to be careful how we handle the map in our hand some of you will just boil it up and put it in your back pocket You'll be amazed how many bibles are gathering dust at home. Some of you only read it occasionally. Some of you even wait until special occasion. Some of you you only look at it when you get in trouble. That's after the fact. In the legal profession, you cannot make laws after the fact. It's too late now. Ladies and gentlemen, if I were to give you one honest advice today, do not allow 24 hours to pass by without looking at your map. In that map, is your journey guide. In that map, God will identify exactly where the explosives of life are. Inside that map, God will tell you, watch out, don't go that way. There are line mines. And this is the difference between people who are cruising through life. And people who are always in one calamity or the other. Life is not about luck. God reigns on the just and the unjust. But it's up to you. Not even the preacher. It's up to you. What you're going to do with the map in your hand. So my message, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is a must read. Are you listening to me? Let me try that again. The Bible in your hand. In fact, I told this church one day, if you don't have one, call the church office. This church will buy one for you. That's how important this roadmap is. But I don't want to spend the rest of my life getting calls. Oh, this thing, I messed up. Oh, this one got derailed. Oh, this one break down. No, your life is supposed to work. The angel of the Lord encamp around them that fear God. A thousand may fall. Ten thousand by your right hand. As for you, it won't touch you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yes, God will deliver you out of them all. You need a pastor that be straight up with you. Because people will say, oh, you're just unlucky. Oh, poor, poor, man. no. God does not want you to go through pain and suffering. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. But his guidance, is leading is through his Holy Spirit. And through the word of God. Even the Baptists got (laughs) down. Every time the Baptists get it, I got to give them credit. You see them singing. Lead me. Guide me. Along life's way. Lord, if you lead me. Uh, You see, they know somebody's been trying to tell you and me. The only thing that they forgot to tell you is how does God lead? And now I just told you. So now it's up to you. You can wait until Kunte come and tell you what the Bible says. That's on you. If I were you, and you know how to read, grab that Bible. I would love for you to call me and say, Pastor, I read this, I don't understand it. Tell me more about it. But I can tell you, I don't get such calls. You know why I don't get such calls? Because you don't read it. Most of the call that I get, and I'm saying this on television oh, trouble in my way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you say, oh, I gotta cry sometimes. The devil is alive. <laughs> then you said to me, Pastor, so much trouble. A little work at night. No, some of us are snoring. <laughs> somebody got to tell the truth. So, away with all this religious mess, begin to read your Bible. I was a little boy when somebody planted it in my spirit. They said, read your Bible, pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow. There's no way around it. If you got one, begin to read it. If you don't get one, call your church. You don't even have to be a member of this church. Hallelujah. All over the city, will make the investment to get you one. If you get that message, say amen. amen. The Bible is a must read. My second assignment is to make sure that you know that you're on your way to heaven. I just don't want you to be a member of the church. I just don't want you to be active in the church. All of that is good. People join sorority, fraternities, civic organization. It's good to be a part of the church. But it's very important that you know you're on your way to heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, his name is John. Am I right about it? John is called the beloved. Jesus loves him. And ladies and gentlemen, he wrote about salvation. He tells you exactly how you can make, make it to heaven. God has to use somebody. So, like Billy Graham, God used him mightily. Been Hinn, God used him mightily. TDJ, Joyce Meyer, I mean, my my homeboy little Dollar—all kinds of people are being used. Brother John wrote clearly on whether you're going to make heavy or not. In fact, to be specific, John—I don't mean to make you a theologian. I'm taking my time this morning because this is important to me. John wrote five books of the Bible. How many books? Five. He wrote the Gospel of St. John. Then he wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Then he wrote the book of Revelation. You need to be aware of that. And two out of those three books, he devoted it exclusively about how we're going to make it to heaven. You cannot skip the page. You cannot say my mama is praying for me. You know how we'll be saying, "Have me on my mind." Took the time they would be shaking up. You have to know for, <laughs> for your own self. The Bible says, make your calling an election sure. You got to know for yourself. I'm amazed. I will go and visit people in the hospital, they're in their 80s. They're, in the evening of your time. And I will ask simple question. Do you know for sure if you die today, you're going to heaven? The best answer I ever got. I hope so. And that's the one that will tell you the truth. They say, the best I can tell you, Reverend, I just hope I get there. Some of them, they will, they'll they be smart Ali. say, well, I try to do the best I can. I, I try to help somebody. I try this, I try that. No, you need to be sure. Ladies and gentlemen, what does Apostle John tell us? through the word of God concerning our, our salvation. We all know one thing, John three sixteen. Do I have an amen? amen? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Am I still in the book? That whosoever believes, somebody shall believe, so you have to ask yourself the question. Where well, I sing in the choir, yes, I, I play instrument, yes, I'm the deacon. The question, question number one, do you believe God? Can I be brutally honest with you? Many of you don't believe God. How you know, Reverend, I can see it with your actions. How are you going to say you believe God that you don't pray to? Even when trouble comes, the first thing you do is to find 911. You believe 911 better than God. Somebody will have to make a decision today. Brother Pastor, how do I know? That I'm going to make heaven. Again, it's all in the book of John. Because brother John wrote it. That's why we named the book after him. John 3.16. That book is named after him. John 3.3. Jesus said to Nicodemus. Unless you're born again. You will not see the kingdom of heaven. You can call yourself Baptist, you can call yourself Methodist, you can call yourself Pentecostal, you can call yourself Catholic, it don't matter what you call yourself. It doesn't matter what name tag is on your, your dress, you must be born again. The question this morning, are you born again? If you're not sure of your salvation, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to pray. I've listened to many of you pray. I can tell your salvation is not sure. Because you're guessing, you're hoping, well, maybe God will heal me. Maybe God will and when things don't happen, well, maybe God don't want me to have them. It's always maybe. I hope so. Just guessing. This ain't no casino. Get a clue, folks. You have to know that you know that you know. When you're not sure of your salvation, it's even hard for you to witness. How are you going to witness to somebody about a God you're not even sure of? Now you see why most of you come to church, but you never tell anybody about God. If you're not sure of your salvation, even your worship will be wobbling. Today you're in the spirit. Next Sunday you don't feel like it. (laughs) Oh, Lord have me, Jesus. (laughs) even when you're not sure of your salvation, there's really no peace of mind. You just go as the wind blows. So what am I trying to tell you? You and I need to be sure. From the pulpit to the pews, you need to be sure that you've been born again. So I'm going to give you a few tips that you need to set to, you've got to answer this question. Five things that you must be sure of. And then you can wake up anytime and say, I'm on my way to heaven. Number one confession. What did I say you need to have? Confession. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He said, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be what? Thou shalt be what? Well, here's the problem. After you confess You can't tell if you have not. How do you know when you? Some people don't even know, what am I going to confess? It's very simple. At some point in your life, you got to recognize and confess that I'm a sinner. I am messed up. You can stop there, and half of the church is already in hell. You're too full of yourself. You can't even recognize that you. You got to recognize that you are a sinner. You're not all that. Many of you never recognize that you need help. It's a dangerous thing when you have a crackhead that don't even know he's a crackhead. And many people in the church, they're very much like that. Not only do you have to recognize that you're a sinner, you have to recognize you need a Savior. Do you know why many people are not in church today? They really don't believe they need a savior. They would rather go shopping. They would, in fact, some of them will have the audacity to call me and tell me, Reverend, I'm not coming to church today. And then when the devil messed them up, then they call me back. (laughs) Now, Reverend, it's your job to fix this problem. And then the Lord sends you a pastor that will say, oh no, that's not my job. That's on you. You have to recognize you need God. And then not only recognize you a sinner, not only recognize that you need help, then you have to invite him. Lord, come into my life. I need you. One songwriter say, I need you every hour. <laughs> I almost tend to say, I need you every second. <laughs> oh, most gracious Lord. I've got to have God. I can't even function without God. Confession. Many of you need to get it right today. You have to recognize you're not all that. Every now and then I get to talk to the preachers. And I shock them. And say, Negro, please. You need God. Don't fool yourself calling you your bishop. Bishop who? be <laughs> Bishop. So we need confession. The Bible says you got to up. God is not going to impose himself on you. Ask yourself this question. When? If you say I've confessed God. When? What day? What hour? Where? You'll be amazed. How I many of you have no clue You don't remember the place. (laughs) You don't remember the hours. You don't remember the church. You don't even remember what the preacher preached. Or what the Holy Spirit told you. If you're not sure, today you need to make sure. Be very sure. What did I say we need to do? Somebody shout confession. The one thing about about the Bible is that even if you don't remember the date, you don't remember the hour, you don't remember the place, you have to be sure that somewhere along the way you made confession. If you're not sure, let's get it right today. Some of you will say, I'll think about it. What if you drop dead today? Nobody know the date. Nobody know the hour. It is appointed unto man, unto woman, wants to die. And then we have to face judgment. So don't gamble. This is not a A casino? Don't gamble with this. Tell your neighbor I got it now. (laughs) Number two. To know that you're on your way to heaven, there must be a change in your life. You can come to church every day of the week. If there is no change in your life, you're not going to heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. That's right, Pastor. If a man is in Christ, that's right, sir. That man is a new creature. All things are passed away. For be acting in the in the church, there is no change in their life. Even the dogs in your house can't see no change in you. So you're trying to fool. Somebody got to preach this gospel. Having a good religion is not enough if you are in Christ. The Bible says this thing ought to be evident. Even people will see you and say, ah, there's something about Sister Girl. <laughs> The place you used to go. The things you used to do. <laughs> Even sometimes you want to get mad at somebody. You see what happens is that once you are saved on your way to heaven, the Holy Spirit will move inside. Sometimes I want to slap the crap out of somebody. But the Holy Spirit said, come on now. Come on now. That's not you. That is not you. That's the all you. There's been a change. A change in your life. A change in my life. You can tell when you see a man that is changed. You can tell. It is so obvious when you see a woman that has changed. I'll never forget. There was a white brother that was sitting way by the camera there one day. And after church, he came to me. You know my my security, they always want me to race. No, he said, I got to see the pastor. So when I was hearing the debate, I said, let him come. And he came and he got a truckload of cigarettes. And he said, this is for you. (laughs) What do you mean this is for me? I don't smoke. He said, sir, this is for you. I didn't understand. I cannot send this omission. (laughs) I cannot use this for... Ties an offering. What am I missing? He said, this is the last day. I will ever put this in my mouth again. And he walked away. Well, if I was smoking that day, I got plenty to smoke. (laughs) All I could do is just burn them up. But I was so moved with the intensity of his change. Folks who have been on drugs, folks who have been running the streets, folks who have been hateful and racist, when the power of the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, it will make you love even your enemies. Somebody shall change. You can tell if you're on your way to heaven. You don't have to guess about it. (laughs) People who are on their way to heaven, they know. They don't hope they make it. Another thing that you need to have, ladies and gentlemen, is called compassion. What did I call it? You just love people. Even people that are unlovable. The Bible says, by this shall all men know you my disciple. You're on your way to heaven. You will live with God eternally. How are people going to know that you love one another? Some of you are so hateful. So much hate in the the body of Christ to the point that young people say, I don't want to be a part of this. Pastor, just preach to me. Go on TikTok. Talk to me. I want to hear the word of God. But I don't want to deal with those church people. They are full of hatred. They are judgmental. They are hypocritical. I don't want to be a part of it. You tell the world there's bread in the house of God. And then people show up looking to be fed. And then when they get in, they see no bread. Nothing but crumbs. See, I don't want to be a part of this. Number one, what do you have to have? Confession. Number two, what do you have to have? Change. I know I've been changed. The angels in heaven. Sign my name. (laughs) You got to know that you know. This ain't no I hope. This ain't no if God will. No. There gotta be a change. There gotta be compassion. Some of the people in the church are so stingy. It's amazing. They will see that you are in need and they have the means, they have the resources. And they won't do a thing to help you. Some people will even tell me, Pastor, how long are we going to help sister so-so-and-so? I said, what do you mean? Wait, this is the third time. I said, how do you know? I spend more time praying that God will forgive you and me. We need to we need to get right with God. Let me hurry up here. Another thing we need to do is call conflict. We've got to deal with conflicts of life. First John, I'm still talking about brother John. You need to know the role that each of these disciples played. God used him in this area. First John, chapter 5, verse 4. He said, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. He said, and this is the victory. You cannot have victory without conflict. Whew, thank you, Jesus. This is the victory that overcome the world. Even our faith. The enemy is fighting hard to destroy your soul, to destroy my soul. But greater is He that is in. than the devil that is in the world. We shall have more time to hurry up. Number five, your conduct. Your conduct. You know what the Bible says? First book of John. We are still talking about what John, God, John the revelator. John who was locked up In the island of Patmos, John the Revelator, God revealed these things to him. You know what he said? In 1 John chapter 3 verse 9, he said, Whosoever is born of God does not sin. Let's let that soak in. He said, his seed remains. Why? Because he's born of God. See, Nicodemus was told, you must be born again. Now we're talking about a whole level. Born of water. Born of the Spirit. Now you get to a level that the Bible describes you as being born of God. Hey!
2: Joint hair
3: with Jesus. Let's think about it. Let that soak in. Can the world see you in your conduct? That you're a child of God. Let your light so shine. Some of you say, I don't care who, who sees me. Some of you say none of their business. Where the Bible says, let the world see. That they will see the good work. Thank you my sister. It will bring glory to God. People are saying why should I be Christian? Because the same thing that I'm doing here on the street I'm doing right there with the preachers. They say, "Rev, I was there, but the preachers are there. They will even give me the names. Things are so bad now you can almost get, guess the name before they tell you. Ain't nobody shouting today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, some of you say, Pastor, well, if we have to say you're a Christian, you don't sing, then all of us are doomed, and you're right. In fact, I would be the the most doomed. (laughs) Apostle Paul said, this is true saying that Jesus came to this world to die for sinners, among whom I am the chief among So how do we reconcile the word of God that says anybody that's born of God, don't sing? God is trying to help us to understand. Don't make a career out of doing wrong. You know you're not supposed to be drinking vodka. And yes, you... (laughs) but now you've been drinking vodka since 1962. Yes, Come on now. Give God something to work with. Amen. He that cover is his sin will not prosper. But anybody that will fess up and, for and forsake them, and for they shall obtain mercy. Oh, I wish I can tell you, brother Dicky, that I don't do wrong. I'll be lying to you. But how do you feel when you do wrong? Do you even have any remorse? Quick review. Give me one more minute. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll shut up. Because I don't want you to miss this thing called distraction. On your way to heaven, if you're not careful, you can be distracted. Number one, I say, if you want to be sure that you're going to heaven, number one. Number two. Change. 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 People in the house of God needs to change. If we change, the world will come. Everybody wants to be a part of something good. What what else do we need to do? Compassion. Love people. Enjoy loving people. Don't be a player hater. And then you call yourself you a child of God. What else do we need to do? Deal with conflicts. You don't need to be having pity party. Whatever comes up, it said, deal with it. And by faith, you shall overcome. Because greater you see that is in you. Than the devil that's in the world. And what else? Gotta conduct yourself honorably. Conduct yourself. On your job, I don't care wherever you, you ought to stand up. Everybody ought to know, no, 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 that brother is alright. This sister is alright. He loves people, she'll do everything to help you. Okay, one more thing. Can I say one more thing? Well, I got to tell you a story when it comes to this this thing called distraction. You remember David. David was a young boy and his daddy sent him one day. True story. Take some lunch to your brother at the battlefield. Am I still in the book? Then Ladies and gentlemen, when he got there, he heard that there is a boogerman out there called Goliath. (laughs) See, I'm just trying to break it down. (laughs) (laughs) And then, he also heard the king has promised, whoever can kill this boogerman will marry the king's daughter. (laughs) I'm trying to help somebody. (laughs) He said, whoever can. Kill this Boogerman. man. His family would never pay taxes. David is thinking, man, this is a good idea. But the problem for David is that he has his brothers there. And the Bible talks about his oldest brother, Eliab, was mad at David. Because David is trying to see If he can take on the offer. Because he judged and misjudged the motive of David. Be careful that you don't judge people. Let me tell you what that would do. You see, one time, this can even happen to a preacher. Prophet Samuel was asked to go pick a king in the house of Jesse. When he got there, he judged all the children and thought this Mr. Elliot would be the king. You know why? Because he's a tall man. Some of you are looking for husband. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Be careful that you don't misjudge. You can end up with a boogerman on your bed. <laughs> Now my wife stand up. Now let me try this section. (laughs) Do you know that's how Samuel chose Saul to be king? King of all Israel. Why? Because Saul was good looking and tall. You know what God said? You don't judge by people's height. You judge by people's heart. You're looking for husband? i just give you a, a million dollar advice. I know, I know you're not used to this kind of preacher. That's why my wife got up. Say said, now you, you're pushing me. Stop judging people. He questioned David's motive. Why? why? Why are you here? He was here because daddy sent him on, a, on an errand. Then it's trying to trick you. What about the sheep? Aren't you supposed to be with the sheep? People will be trying to mess with you while God is trying to bless you. It's your duty to make sure you don't get distracted. I wish I could sit down with you and share with you how many times I could have been distracted as your pastor. I talked about building a mega ministry. Oh, nobody did that in central Louisiana. All the preachers, and they gave me their names. They all moved to Texas. Then You can't do that here. Distraction. Even when David said, I confess this boogerman," Give me a chance. He was talking to the king. He said, king, I've whooped the behind of lions. I've whooped the behind of bears. I've de- de- defeated various animals. He said, this uncircumcised booger man, I can take him down. Even the king said, son, you're just a boy. What do you do? When you're trying to pursue your destiny and there's a voice of discouragement on your job, in your ministry, the banks told me you can't do it. The preachers told me you can't do it. Even my own pastor told me you can't do it. Watch out for distraction. Yes, I told you this will be a year of recovery, but the devil is out to distract you. In conclusion, If David has started to argue with his brother, Eliab, he will miss the opportunity to face the real booger man. This is for black people. Stop fighting yourself. The real enemy is out there, but when you're busy fighting each other, you will never get a chance to face the real Somebody shout distraction. A lot of what we are fussing and bickering about is nothing. Those of your husbands, since I'm messing with single, let me try the husband now. Your wife, you should be fighting for her, not against her. See? It's a distraction. And the devil will cause you that you're fighting somebody who is already on your team. You are my brother. You are my sister. I'm here for you. You are here for me. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes! But how are we going to fight Goliath when we're fighting each other? I will finish this at 10 o'clock. By the way, at 10 o'clock, the southern they're coming to worship with us. So maybe they need to hear more. You all are like too deep for me. <laughs> Everybody's time. i got to stop. I want to invite somebody today. I know there are people in the church, and I know they're watching. But whether I'm going to heaven or not, I'm not going to worry about who's looking at me. They don't pay my bills. None of you can heal me when I'm sick. If you're here today and say, Pastor, this matter of salvation is very important. I want to know that when I die, into to heaven. In my opinion, this is probably the most important summer I ever preached. Yeah, I've tried to share with you how you can make it in life. I've tried to share with you how you can grow, how you can raise your children, how you can prosper in being, in being good health, how you can outshine rise up and shine that light has come. I do a lot about Christian maturity but this is the real deal. Whether you make it to heaven it won't matter what any preacher say when you die. You need to know that you know for yourself. And if you like me you grow up under the religion, mine happens to be Baptist. And the best I could hope for is to to hope that God will have mercy on me. Hope that I'm making it. Hope this. I guess so. Maybe so. Maybe hear my prayer. Maybe you don't want to hear this one. Maybe you want to be sure. You made up your mind. I want you to humble yourself and find your way to the altar. Come to Jesus. Sing that song again. If you're a choir member, you need to come, that's alright. If you're a preacher, you need to come, that's alright. I was a minister in the church when I realized. I may miss heaven. And I had to humble myself. Somebody called me one day, said, "Pastor, that message for me." I didn't come forward. Somebody said because I got a bad knees, I couldn't climb the stairs. And I asked her, "Where well, you were able to climb up the stairs with the same knees, but you're not able to climb down the stairs?" for your own salvation another one say I will was, was stand the way I was but I believe the spirit of God will catch me watching where the bible says if you confess me before men and women of this world he said I guarantee you I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. One of the things that has helped me is not to worry about what anybody says, What anybody thinks. I'm learning just to humble myself before God. There's still room at the cross. If anybody wants to come down before we pray, we already Past time my preachers my choir my staff they say give us some time so we can catch our breath some say so we can go to the bathroom and I asked her I said you don't think I'll go to the bathroom lift your hands towards heaven Father God in the precious name of Jesus because of your grace and mercy, today becomes a very special day. All of heaven are rejoicing today. Somebody can put this in their journal, in their calendar, say, today, I know without a doubt, heaven is my home. Lord, we thank you. You said if we will confess with our mouth yes, and believe in our heart yes, Lord. the Lord Jesus that you you send him to this world yes, to die for sins, yes, we shall be saved. Yes, Lord. Lord we are facing up yes, from the pulpit to the pews yes, we're not all that yes, we've messed up yes, the best of us need help you, you x-ray our situation. You told us all of our righteousness. Our life filled to You expose us to our own sin. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for my brothers, my sisters who are here. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into our hearts. Take control of our life. Help us on this Christian journey. There are, there are explosives along the way. Thank you for the word of God. You show us how to talk. You show us how to walk. You show us how to conduct ourselves. Forgive us, oh God, that we have failed you in so many ways. Now come into our heart. We ask you to be our Lord. We ask you to be our savior. We ask you, oh God, lead us and guide us. We make ourselves available unto you. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for a spirit of freedom that we can sustain with one another. We are tired of just having religion, Lord. We need a true relationship with you. Have your way in this house. Glorify yourself as I Hill. Help us to raise our children. Help us to live our Christian life. Help us to live right. Help us, oh God, let your Holy Spirit take control of our life. It is so. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth. Give the Lord God your loudest. Amen. Amen. Come on. All of heaven is rejoicing. Open your mouth. Shout amen. amen. It is so. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Please forgive me for taking too long. This is too important to me. I pray that God will increase you more and more. If you're here, you're looking for a church home. After the benediction, the pastor and his wife will be here to receive you. Thank you all for coming to church. I know there's time change, but you still make it. That makes a lot. Makes a lot. And now may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord guide you. May the Lord watch over your entire family. This is my prayer for you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. New members, please come forward.